0: Yo, you're listening to Notable Nashville. My name is Austin Grimm, and this is an unreleased song called Heaven to Me.
1: I just wanna be chilling on a beach Sunset on the sea That's heaven to me Heaven is here on Earth If you know less words But that means hell is too So I gotta be careful With what I say and what I do Devil's negativity Trips and traps me Luckily my tribe Attracts positivity Good vibes are the reason I'm alive Same goes for you I can't imagine Went just so we could be together today She's crazy but I wouldn't have it any other way And I just want to be Surrounded by trees My friends and family That's heaven to me I just want to be Chilling on a beach the Sunset on the sea That's heaven to me Side in a frightening times, beyond blessed to recite these rhymes. Every one of us has endless problems. Happiness happens when we solve them. This one goes up to my cousin Johnny V. I have faith you're watching over me. Same goes for my grandpa Wayne. I know we'll be reunited someday. Cause I just wanna be surrounded by trees family. That's heaven to me. I just want to be chilling on a beach. Sunset on the sea. That's heaven to me.
2: All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Notable Nashville Podcast. We got the talented Austin Grimm that you just heard from uh, playing that tune. What was that, what was that tune called? It's called Heaven to Me. Heaven to Me. Is that out ev- anywhere? Already? No,
0: not yet. So I'm set to release it at some point this year.
2: Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> well, we're, we're actually at your house on your porch right now. It's a beautiful day in Nashville, and you're hearing the cars whiz by because, you know, why not? Yeah. It's a beautiful day. We're, it's a beautiful day out here. And uh I want to kind of uh preface that you're on episode 2 of Notable Nashville for uh, Roots of Rebellion your your band that uh kind of has, you know, disbanded because I don't know you're you're all doing your own thing and seems like you're all happy and and healthy which is great. Yeah. Um but man, I'm excited to hear all the stuff that's coming out with your solo stuff so um you know what was that six years ago that we did the session like 2015?
0: 2015 2015 That's when when we got my first notable nashville I'm stoked to be back here hell
2: yeah um so man i kind of want to unpack everything that's happened from you know that second episode and you got you guys with Richard rebellion did a lot of touring did a lot of uh really really great uh stuff as far as like you know bills that you were on can you kind of talk about kind of that experience in the in the band
0: yeah, it was an amazing, amazing, almost 10-year run with Roots of a Rebellion. We started when we met at Belmont, where uh-huh. we met, yeah. um, and started playing, like, college parties, and then got our first show opening up for a band we love called The Movement at 12th and Porter. Um, that's, like, when we came up with the band name, and we were so nervous to, like, play that show, and... Um, then the next year we won Music City Mayhem, the Lightning One Hundred, Road to Live on the Green, which was amazing, and it was like our first time playing in front of like a thousand or more people, and I like blacked out because so I was like, <laughs> "What? <laughs>
2: this is insane!" So um, Live on the Green, like there, there's so many uh, good headliners and stuff, and you were on the bill. Did that feel really good to just be like, "Man, was, we made it!" It was
0: amazing. That like felt like we were like on the cusp of something, and I think gave all of us the feeling that, like, why don't we, like, give this a shot? Because that was the same year that we gra- all graduated uh-huh. uh, from Belmont. We were like, you know, let's try and do this for real. And sure enough, we tried, and we, you know, worked really hard and sacrificed a lot and gained some some success in the form of spiritual success in the form of uh, playing in front of a lot of bands that we look up to and love, like the Wailers, Bob Marley's band. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, toured with one of our favorite bands giant panda gorilla dub squad out of rochester new york um pacifier revolution slightly stupid like pretty much all the bands that we look up to in our scene we had the privilege and the pleasure of opening up for in nashville and sometimes touring beyond and like you really can't ask for more being
2: like a reggae band in nashville tennessee Mm -hmm. it was just like was was it hard to get into the scene in Nashville like with reggae music? I mean, it seems like you kind of created a movement in Nashville where there wasn't a lot of that kind of style of music and you really played a lot of shows. I mean, I know you work at Exit Inn as well and, you know, you played a ton of shows at Exit Inn and kind of like showcased your music for everybody. Uh, what, was, what was that experience like playing that style of music?
0: It was amazing the, and it was also very niche. So uh, it led itself really well to finding our, like, tribe um, because there weren't a lot of bands doing it, but then there were some years where there were a lot of awesome local bands who were joining forces. uh, The Dub seller days, I don't know if you remember those, but uh, we used to throw, like, sound system parties and warehouses. Oh, yeah. And, uh, which was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. Uh, so, but apparently... We learned in this that reggae music has been in Nashville since at least like the late 70s, 80s. Because uh, Jeremic, who plays keys and sings in Roots of Rebellion, his uncle, Baba Musa, used to play in uh, Freedom of Expression. I'm blanking on the band name, but has been basically doing reggae since the 70s or 80s. So there's always been... In Nashville? In Nashville, yeah. Oh, wow. um, and then even that article that I just read recently about Jimi Hendrix getting his start on Jefferson Street. Um, after he was done at Fort Campbell, like uh-huh. I, I didn't even know that. I knew I had heard that Jimi Hendrix was stationed at Fort Campbell and came to Nashville. But there's this whole underground scene to Nashville um, that I wasn't even completely aware of. Um, that I am now, and I'm so grateful for it. I mean, I've always known Nashville is so cool, uh-huh. um, and I
2: didn't really learn that it was more than country music until I moved here. And um, same with me. I mean, when we were both kind of looking at Beaumont as as a school to go to, I. I uh, considered Nashville to be uh, obviously the hub of country music, but you know, going to Belmont, seeing all these different eclectic people playing different types of music, um, it was really, really refreshing to see um, all these people. You know, that we grew up, uh, you know, as 18-year-olds. Now we're in our 30s, and um, I mean, to see all these people doing different things that have graduated from there, I think that it's a hub for just creativity. And I've met a lot of people that are. You know, going to school there now and asking for my advice, and I'm just like, you know, I want to ask you your advice for people that are going to school for music business or performance uh, majors. And I just tell them, you know, um, just absorb everything you can and take the opportunities to connect with people because I feel like the connections were much more uh, beneficial than actual the actual education of obviously learning and you know in classes and stuff and take production courses. You know, you learn your craft, but I think, in my opinion, uh, the connections were, were big for you. And I'm sure that's that's big for you, too, because the people that you met probably gave you opportunities to, to play or, you know, in certain venues. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's all about relationships,
2: no matter what you
0: do. But especially in the music business, yeah. it's all about relationships. And, uh, yeah, Belmont was the coolest school experience and college experience. It's so unique from any of my other friends at other not, like, artsy schools, yeah. um, if you will. I don't know a better way of describing that. But, like, even all the college parties, like, there were different bands playing, yeah, like, yeah, every yeah. single one. And it was, like, all over the place, from, like, heavy metal to, like, folk to yeah. every now and then reggae and hip-hop. And, like, it was everything. And it was...
2: I it guess we should preface the, to say that we were freshman roommates, you know, when we went to Belmont. Yeah, we that, were. That was a good experience. I had my drum set up, and you had your electric guitar. We just would jam. first
0: night in there, we had a jam had with a like, jam like everyone on our floor. We had like ten people in the room. Yeah, uh, literally our first night at school. It was awesome.
2: And I think it's very cool that they they really, um, you know, obviously not uh, tons of people, but they encourage you to pre- practice and perform and. Um, I think that's kind of unique about that school is because there's, you know, practice hours where you you had, like, two hours to actually play as loud as you want. Yeah. And people in the school knew they couldn't study because everybody's going to be playing their music.
0: Yeah. So Just walking around campus hearing, like,
2: so much creativity going on. It was inspiring. So I want to bring up also, you bought this house, and it's actually Hank Williams' old house. How about the history of that? It's absolutely insane. A dream come true, even
0: regardless if Hank didn't live here, this house in this neighborhood is amazing, and the fact that Hank Williams Sr. and Ray Price lived in this house in 1952 is just mind-blowing. 52 is what the year was? 1952. That's incredible. Um, yeah, so Hank and Ray used to sit right here where we're sitting. Wow. Um, inside in Hank's old room, there's uh, bullet holes in the ceiling. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, Do you know the story behind that? So there's a little newspaper article... When Ray Price was interviewed about it later on, maybe in the 70s or 80s, and said, "What's the story about Hank shooting up the ceiling, or he shot at you?" You know how the story evolves and becomes a tall tale. tale. Um, but Ray said, "No, Hank, Hank never shot at me, but he did get real drunk one night and shot up at the ceiling." Um, And luckily I wasn't upstairs, and that's that story. And Hank was going through some hard times when he moved into this house. It was right after he went through his second and final divorce with Audrey, his wife. And um, Ray Price moved in with him. Ray Price was from Evansville, Indiana, and Hank kind of brought him under his wing. And I think it was a crazy time to be here um, for Hank. Went through some dark times, and he lived a really hard life. Only died at the age of 29. Oh, wow. In the backseat of his Cadillac. But I mean, how many number one hits and how m- he was able to channel all that darkness into some really relatable music that still, you know, shines today. Um, so having that energy and having this house and being able to preserve it and, you know,
2: be a, a steward of it is one of the biggest blessings in my entire life. Yeah, that's amazing. For I mean- sure. I mean, just like you're you're sleeping in the same bedroom as as Hank Williams used to sleep in. That's that's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so I do want to bring up, um, you know, you're you're working on solo music uh, under Austin Grimm, and I want to get into that. But also, I want to bring up the Dank Williams stuff that you gave me a CD of, and it's actually killer, man. I <laughs> Thank mean you. I, I still jam it in my car. Thank I you. I don't I think you re- released that anywhere. Did so, you? So
0: okay, so Hank's place right here where we are first lived here back in college at Belmont after I moved out of Dylan's house, um, and then moved out and then I moved back in, back in 2016 and then moved out again. And then when I moved out that second time, I thought that I was going to be leaving it forever. Uh Um, so I had always had this idea and a lot of the founding members of Roar, um, you know, love mixing country and reggae music, and there's a lot of similarities between country and reggae music from just, like, storytelling to, like, the morality of it, and I don't know, believe it or not, like, even some Jamaican artists um, were influenced by country music um, and vice versa, so you'd think that, you know, upon first glance, it looks like they're like, what, that's, like, so weird, but you even hear it, like, in the radio now, like, um, not that I listen to the radio a lot, but... The Zach Brown Band blends that really well. Kenny Chesney um, does a lot of, like, reggae-ish stuff. And it just, it's just feel-good music. So anyway, uh, Dank Williams recorded some classic country songs, Gone Reggae, uh-huh. right here in this house. Uh, oh, it was with, recorded here? It was recorded right here. Okay. Um, because I thought I was moving out, and I thought I was never going to get the chance to you know, be in this house again. So it was kind of like my last hurrah. Um, so recorded it. And then months later, after I'd moved out, I the stars aligned and I had the opportunity to finally buy this place with the help of my parents and a small family bank back in St. Louis, Missouri. And that was the craziest decision and the best decision, and hopefully um, continues to be that way. Do, do you plan uh, on staying here for a while then? Yeah, okay. I don't, I'll never sell it. <laughs> 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 Even if I, you know I go travel and whatnot, I don't. I don't know if. I'm, Taylor and I, my fiance and I are going to settle down here and raise our family here. That's still up in the air because all my family's in St. Louis and some are hers as well. So that's still up in the air. But regardless, this house is just such a treasure. And I want to share it with people who appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, Dank Williams, volume one. I released it when quarantine hit. I was like, I've been, sitting on, I've been sitting on it for a while. And uh, I finally released it April 20th. 2020 2020 okay. yeah so last year right when quarantine hit I was like man I need to <laughs> <laughs> I need to like put this out there um because I don't know what else is going on and I don't know what's going on with Roar but like I feel like people might just like need to smile right now so Absolutely. I put that out and that's the whole purpose of Dank Williams just to, like have fun like blending two genres of music and I don't know
2: it's, I love it so it's, it's pretty fun <laughs> definitely go check that out everybody Dank Williams on Spotify <laughs> or wherever you listen to music um we've got a helicopter over flying, um, listening to this, this, uh, session right now, but, um, anyway, I want to bring up, you just brought up Taylor, um, your fiance, and I'm super excited for your wedding, and I'm just super proud of you, man, for, you know, like, finding, finding love, and you, you guys are both so positive people, and I love being around you guys, and, she actually played ukulele um, on one of your one of your tracks, right? She's like playing on one of your one of your songs, or, or was it like a live video, or was it actually recording?
0: Uh, so both. First of all, thank you. You are one of my best friends, and I'm so grateful for your positivity because you spot it, you got it, and you've always been just a shining light. Well, thank you, man. inspiration. Uh, I am the luckiest guy in the world. Taylor is a dream come true. She's the chillest and the realist, and she is a nurse at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, and. I started teaching guitar last year because I, Roar kind of, before COVID hit, Roar was getting tired of the road and we all decided we need to take a big step back and just not tour as much and just focus on our health and just creativity and just not be chasing the business of the band, if you will. Um, So luckily it kind of worked out for us because we were already set up in January to like okay Roar's taking a big step back we didn't realize you know all this was going to happen and then it was like okay well I don't know if and when Roar's going to quote unquote get back together hopefully we'll do a reunion show maybe once or twice a year at Exit N um but I don't know for uh, a year. but I started teaching guitar and uh ukulele and even I had one bass student which was fun oh, cool. um so challenged me to get better at the bass um uh, I know some friends are probably laughing at that right now <laughs> um <laughs>
2: But I love slapping the bass. Yes, yeah, slapping the bass. <laughs> All those jam sessions we have over at Dylan's house, you playing the bass, man. Oh. You're, you're killer at it. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Thanks, man. It's a lot of fun.
0: Uh, but Taylor is liking the ukulele. So she's been like my longest student and my best student and really picks it up well and can sing. And we've been. Working on some stuff, Uh, so we were over at Marco's from Roots of Rebellion. Marco Martinez, he's been releasing music under Mellow Dose in the L L O D O S E, Um, and he's just been releasing like a lot of so much music. It's amazing. He's turned like his bedroom into a studio, and he's just gotten so much better at it every day. And luckily, he was gracious enough to turn some of my Roar demos into final mixes and we kind of finished them together and now we've been releasing them under Austin Grimm like with Melodose Um, so one time Taylor was there with me when we were working on music and I don't even know how it happened but I was like yeah Taylor's been learning ukulele and Marco was like what? like you should play ukulele on this and I showed Taylor the chords and then if you listen to the end of Lover's Lane which is the song that I just released on Valentine's Day so Austin Grimm Lover's Lane the very end Like right around four minutes, it drops to just ukulele, and that's Uh, Taylor playing there. That's awesome, Um, which is really special. That's the first time she was so nervous when she recorded it, and like I don't know, the behind the scenes of it is pretty pretty fun. And then we went hiking a couple weeks ago um, in Gatlinburg, and
2: brought the ukulele and um, filmed a little video. Very cool for Lover's Lane. So at work, I one of my markets that I work in in iHeartMedia is Hawaii. And I said ukulele to him because we were promoting some, like, live event. And he goes, no, it's ukulele. 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 And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I've been pronouncing it wrong this whole time. He's like, no, that's okay. That's just the Hawaiian uh, pronunciation. I was like, oh, very cool. Yeah. Ukulele. Yeah. Have you ever been? (laughs) No, I've never been to Hawaii. I actually, uh, back in when I left my job in 2018, I had this, like, month period where I was waiting on a job and... My buddy Jakir, who I think you've met, yeah, um, flies for Alaska Airlines, and he gave me a buddy pass, and I was like, "I'm going to Hawaii," so I got the buddy pass, and I had my flight set up like that I was going to jump on. I had a connecting flight, and it was like a six-hour d- a layover, but I was like, "That's okay." So I had my Airbnb booked for Hawaii, and I got to the airport, and I didn't get on, and they're like, "You can try again, um, you know, tomorrow." And so I tried one more time, but then I, I still didn't get on. Like, I guess the buddy passes are kind of hard for you're on standby. And if, uh, if there's no open seats, then you're not going to get on. So oh, um, I'll try it again sometime, but I was never able to go. So I had to cancel my Airbnb. I'm just oh. like, man, you know, I guess this isn't working out. But Someday. Yeah, someday. Also, I was just going to go by myself, which would have been kind of boring. But, yeah. um, you know, I'd like to go sometime with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. But, yeah, man, so talk a little bit about your Austin Grimm project that you, you, you've just been releasing songs and stuff. You have a song coming out today um, that you're, I think, hopefully going to play for us live. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so
0: Marco, a.k.a. Melodose, has really been bringing these songs to life and helping me get into a point where I feel comfortable releasing them. And it's just been pure fun, like Working on music with Marco And seeing him release so much music Um, So I released my first one In January uh, Right before Martin Luther King Day Because the song's called I Have a Dream Mm -hmm. And I I wrote that Thank you Mm -hmm. Uh, I wrote that outside the Lorraine Motel In Memphis when Roar was on tour one time Um, And then luckily Finished it and then got uh, Our friend's Chinese Connection Dub Embassy Which is a Tennessee reggae band that we've toured with and played with since 2012, 2013. Oh, wow. We've been homies with them for a while. So, But we've never collabed with them, so I've finally collabed with them. Um, and Joseph wrote and sang an amazing verse. Um, and so that was I Have a Dream. Then Valentine's Day released Lover's Lane uh, featuring Freddie for Peace. So right before the ukulele at the end of Lover's Lane, uh, that soulful voice you're hearing is a man by the name of Frederick. uh, Freddie of the Four Piece Band, and they're from Guam. Oh wow! So speaking of Hawaii, but way further, crazy. (laughs) uh, We had the privilege of touring with the Four Piece Band 2019 after Cali Roots, and they are just like one of the most soulful, like talented rock and reggae bands in the scene. Up and coming, Uh, the Four Piece Band, like F O R P E A C E, Four Piece. P-E- yeah, four P. Oh, four but not piece. like a four-piece. Like uh, they also are a four-piece band most of the time, but they're four-piece. Four gotcha. It's pretty I love, sweet. I love that. Yeah, check them out. They're okay. awesome. But Freddie from the Four Piece Band was on "Lovers Lane," and then this next one that's coming out today is called "Good Energy." Good energy. And I had the privilege of writing this one with my brother Jackson of this band out of Boston called the Elevators. E L O V A T E R S. Okay. Elevators. They're like. Breaking through in the American reggae rock scene, they're insanely good, and you should check them out too. You'll like their music. Sweet, um, and they actually have a new song coming out today as well that I haven't. I can't wait to hear. Cool. Um, and then I'm gonna release a song in April. So basically, I'm, I'm Marco is helping me release a song per month. That Heaven to Me song um, that I started with, hopefully, will be released sometime this summer. Okay. Very summer vibes on that one. Sweet. Um, and then the goal is to release at least 12 songs. And then in December, put them all out as like an album and maybe make a CD or
2: I don't know, maybe like a vinyl or I something. I've never made a vinyl. But but yeah. You got to put, you got to put it out on vinyl um, for sure. Get it, yeah. in, get it in Grammys. I'd love to see your music in Grammys. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Sweet. I've always dreamt of, you know, putting music to wax. Cause I love listening to it on it. Awesome, um, man. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this and I appreciate your friendship and, uh, all the times we've been through, man. And, uh, I kind of want to hear this, this live this live version of, of your new song. you want to play it? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for
0: your inspiration all these years. And uh, what you've done with Notable Nashville is truly amazing. Um, 113 episodes and counting. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. So, man. yeah, thank you for your good energy. Here's some of mine.